Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spire. So first off, a couple people contacted me asking if everything's okay last week. Yeah, we just we had a three-day holiday weekend, and quite frankly, we're coming close to the end of the school year. For those who aren't aware, I'm a teacher by trade, and with the end of the school year comes a lot of paperwork and stuff I need to get done, so I've been kind of fried, honestly. And last weekend, I went, you know what? I'm just going to take a week off from doing the podcast just to give myself a little break on a Sunday. It was kind of nice. I laid around the house and did mostly nothing, played video games, watched movies, lived the dream life of a 12-year-old. But anyway, we're back. So thanks for everybody that you know emailed. Just know occasionally, every once in a while, if I miss a week, it's usually just because I'm taking a break. I've been doing these things now for, you know, we're in our sixth year. And originally, the thought process was I'd do one once a month. And then we did one. I went, now nah, we'll do one every other week. And then I just kind of got in the habit of doing Doing one every week, so sometimes it's just nice to have a little break. So, anyway, we are obviously back, and today is going to be a topic that's sure to rile some people up and ruffle some feathers. It's one that I've toyed with a few times over the past several years, and the reason why I haven't broken it out is because I don't want it to turn into something negative. Normally, when I do podcast videos, whatever it may be, I try to keep things positive. I mean, let's call it as it is. This hobby for many of us is a happy place. It's something that helps us unwind, helps us relax. We want to enjoy it, and we don't want it filled with negativity. There's enough of that if you go on the forums or the Facebook groups. Sometimes things break out there. I try to avoid all that stuff, but... As years have gone by and as I've received comments from folks and as I've even thought about, you know, could we put a fun, positive spin on this, I finally decided, what the heck, let's give it a go. So today, as you can probably tell by the title of it, we are going to be discussing a bit uh, some of the species in, in genera of tarantulas that I'm not that into or wasn't that into. And as anybody that's listened to my stuff knows, for years I've alluded to one species in particular that for quite a while, I, I never like to use the term, there's a couple things I want to get out of the way before we get into this. Number one, I never like to use the term overrated. I, I never understood that one. I I think that's usually something people say to be contrarian. They hear somebody talking about how great the spider is. Oh, I think they're overrated. Well, what, what makes overrated? I think one of the best parts and why we're so blessed in this hobby is there's so much diversity. You have fossorial species. You have terrestrial species. You have arboreal species. You have blue spiders. You have purple spiders. You have black and white spiders. You have fluffy spiders. You have spiders that look sleek like house spiders. There's just so much visually and aesthetically to attract different types of people. And I honestly think that if it was, it's not just the diversity that makes it great. It's the fact that no, everybody has a different type of spider, a different thing they look for in a spider as far as appearance and behavior goes. And that's great. It should be like that. The fact is, if every keeper out there only liked the same type of spider, if everybody out there only liked the blue ones, then all the rest of them would eventually disappear from the hobby. And unfortunately, over the years, there are spiders that just haven't attracted people's attention because, I don't know, they think they look blah or brown or whatever it may be, or they're too common. No, those things are everywhere. I'm not going to try them out. And you start to see them disappear because if nobody's buying them, then nobody's going to spend the time breeding them because there's no money in it. There's no point in breeding a bunch of things that you're not going to be able to unload. And then they start to disappear from the hobby. So it's great that we have this diversity. And I've always appreciated that. And I think it's... The tarantulas you like, to compare it to, you know, media, it's kind of like folks that like certain types of music or certain bands. You may absolutely love a band and think, my God, they're the best thing that ever happened to music. I can listen to every one of their albums, every song on their album straight through, never skip anything. So you recommend it to your buddy, your buddy listens to it, comes back and goes, eh, they're all right, they're not bad. 
And we all know that feeling. And think of the situation where that's happened. It happens with movies. I've had it many times. I used to have a buddy that he and I used to watch horror movies. We have very different tastes in horror movies. That became apparent very, very early on in our friendship. And I would see something go, my God, this is great because of this, 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 and this. And he'd come back and go, ah, I thought it was garbage. This, well, I didn't like the plot here. I didn't like the style. I didn't like the camera, whatever it may be. Nobody was right or wrong. It's it's art. And that's one of those things with like movies or artwork or music. Everybody has their own personal taste. Now we're talking about animals here. So is it comparable? Well, I think it is in many respects because I do think there are certain qualities that these animals bring to the table that attract one keeper and may not tra- attract another. So for example, I may have a spider that runs around crazy. I open the enclosure, it bolts around, it throws up a threat posture. I find that behavior to be cute and spunky. Somebody else may look at that and go, and eh, eh, no way, I don't need that in my collection. I don't need the extra stress of it. I may have a tarantula that just sits there. If we've just established it, I like the more lively ones. Maybe the one that I have that hasn't moved in a week, and this isn't true, by the way, but maybe the one I have behind me that hasn't moved in a week, I just go, eh. It's boring. It sits there. It doesn't do anything. What is the point of this? While somebody else is like, I absolutely love that every time I look in the cage, it's just sitting in the same spot. I can get pictures of it. I can admire it. Is any either one of those individuals wrong? Am I wrong? Are they wrong? No, absolutely not. But I think because we are so passionate as keepers, we do take personal offense when somebody comes on and there's a particular species we adore and they don't share our love for it. They don't share our adoration for it. They turn around and go, eh, yeah, they're okay. I had one. It was one and done. Or, yeah, no, I'm not really interested. I obviously on YouTube put up a lot of videos of different species, and I always I, I love everything I kept. There's never been a spider I've kept that I've regretted. Let's put it that way. Some I like more than others, but you put I put a video up, and I can't tell you how many times somebody just randomly come on and go, "I got one of these. It's the least favorite spider in my collection," which I think is like. I don't understand the point of that. Like, I guess you're just sharing. You want to share with people that, yes, I understand you guys like it, but there are those of us out there that don't. And I've had other people go, yeah, I think these are the most boring thing. But what was it the other day? It was Formictopus, which obviously everybody knows how much I love Formictopus. And somebody came on and went, yeah, I got a Formictopus Cancerides from your recommendation. Yeah, it grew quick. It ate well, but it, it just kind of got brown and I got sick of it and I traded it. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. I mean, and and I did, I, I did get, I don't say I got offended, but there was that little patting of, oh, because I feel like... Like I'm the one that kind of put those out there. I want people, when I say something's a cool spider, to come back and pick it up and say, my gosh, Tom, you're right. This is an amazing spider. I'm so glad that you pointed it out and, and pointed me in their direction. I want folks to walk away thinking, yeah, Tom gave good advice. So nobody wants to hear, especially if you, you're the one that recommended it. Hey, I hated it. It's We've all been there. We all know that feeling. I hope we're all right now able to remember a, a situation where that happened and what that felt like. Nobody likes to hear that, which is why I tend to shy away from that kind of stuff. The other day, I have a video that I did on the C. kinopubicins, which is pretty much everybody loves C. kinopubicins. And somebody came on and went, I think these things are so boring. I got one. I don't, and for me, it's like they've got the color. They've got the, the decent growth rate. They've got the, the heavy webbing, which is amazing. But that's me. And it makes sense that other people just aren't going to be into that. So usually when somebody does that, I go, oh, what is your favorite spider? To just kind of get an idea of what they're into. And sometimes that can lead to a fun discussion because now we're not just saying, all right, I hate the spider that you just talked a lot about and gushed about. It's more like, what are you into? I'm into the, oh, okay, now it makes a little more sense. So today's topic, we're going to talk about, I'm going to finally open up and share some of the ones that I've picked up over the years that I was less, let's just say less than enamored with for a while. Now that is the caveat with these. And I want to make that clear. And this isn't a cop out. I'm I'm afraid some people are going to come on and go, oh, you said you're going to talk about the ones you didn't like. No, what I'm saying is I'm talking about the ones that I didn't warm up to right away or that I picked up and I was like, eh, they're all right. 
the all of these, I'm looking at my list right now, all of these I now keep at least, well, in some cases they're single species. Some of them I keep at least one of the genus and I love the ones that I have. It's just, this is, I'm sharing my outlook on this because everybody's asked me over the course of the years, what are some of the ones you don't like? Here are some of the ones that I was disappointed with initially, including the one that I've referenced many, many times over the years. There was one spider in particular for about, oh gosh, if I'm being honest, probably about eight, nine years or so. It was just kind of like, eh, they're great. I would talk them up. I would do husbandry videos. I'd talk about how cool they were. Like I'm never out there to go to put my personal opinion out there. Obviously, a lot of people like this spider, but it was always one I would say, yeah, there's one particular spider I'm not particularly enamored with, and this we're going to talk about that today. But again, I want to make it very clear that A, this is just my personal opinion. B, it's not that I didn't like them, and I want to make that clear. It's just I they weren't ones that I got excited. Once I got them, it wasn't ones I took off the shelf. Like, yeah, it was like, huh, okay, they were cool. I love all tarantulas, and I really mean that. And when I get a lot of uh, ribbing for the fact that in my videos and podcasts, any tarantula I'm talking about is one of my favorites. And it's really true. I couldn't, when I started taking notes for this podcast, I walked around the tarantula room and I was kind of reminiscing about certain ones I I picked up over the years, certain ones that I had. And I was like, eh, whatever. And I realized I love them all now. So I'm just putting that out there. It's not a cop out. It's the honest to God's truth. There is no spider right now that I dislike. These are just ones that failed to ignite that passion that I sometimes felt for other spiders. So the first one on the list, I'm going to call myself out on, I did not have for quite some time because I I think I've talked about before when I first started doing research for the hobby, I did put together, I was looking at all the beginner lists. I was looking, I was trying to take it easy, take it slowly. I still had a few tarantulas. I had read about old worlds, although I thought I could probably manage them. I definitely needed to get my basic husbandry down on something a little more forgiving before I made that jump. So I looked at the beginner's list. I had these huge lists of spiders that I could start with. And this one was originally on my list. However, I failed to get one, and then a few years went by. I I had already transitioned into old worlds, and I went through a period where anything that had appeared on a beginner species, in my mind, was lame, for lack of a better term. It was stupid, it was silly, but it was that point where I had gotten into old worlds, and it was that... I hate to say it, there's that little adrenaline rush when you start to go to rehouse one because, you know, again, it's it's an old world. All you've read about is that they can be skittish, they can be defensive, they can be aggressive, they can bite. You know about that venom, what it can do. So there's always that little extra oomph when you did it. And I kind of, for a while, I liked that. And I liked the fact that it was almost like I was moving into something that was forbidden because I had read so much about not jumping into old worlds too early. And I just discovered it like I had held off on old worlds so long that I was so excited to actually start buying these spiders that for a long time I would ignore when I was shopping. So what would happen is I'd go on, I'd go, oh, this spider looks really good. What is this? P. Murinus. And I'd look it up and be like, oh, nope, definitely not that. What is this one? H. Gigas. Oh, nope, not that. And they just immediately, I wouldn't even give them any thought. That wasn't something I was thinking about keeping. So all of a sudden I found myself at a point in the hobby where I, there's the doors have opened. I could grab anything I want. I could shop, look something up. Who cares if it's old world? We're grabbing it. So for a good, if I'm being honest, it was like a three or four year period, I avoided all things beginner. And unfortunately, this species is considered to be the, well, by many folks, when I did my, I'm pretty sure when I did my top beginner species, it came out as number one. It's beloved as a beginner and by non-beginners alike. I should make that very clear. But I'm talking about at the time it was B. albopolosum. It is now T. albopolosis, the Honduran curly hair, or there's the, I believe the Nicaraguan version. 
So this species I had identified early on is one that I wanted to get because it popped up on just about every beginner species list right around one through three. And then I didn't something, I think I had had a couple close calls with buying one. It never panned out. And years went by and then I had no interest in them anymore. And I'd see pictures of them. And yes, the curly hair, the fluffy curly hair was adorable. It was cute. But I just wasn't, I didn't look at pictures and go, man, I need that. I need that one. What got me finally to pick one up was I was looking to put together another beginner species list and I don't like writing about spiders that I haven't kept. And I was pretty well aware that the T. albopelosus was considered by many to be the best beginner. So how could I make a list having not even kept the top species? So my motivations for finally picking one up was the fact that I wanted to talk about it in a video, which was why my first one wasn't a sling. I actually ended up, I think it was Jamie's Tarantulas. I want to say it might have been the... The Thursday, the Black Friday sale or the Cyber Monday sale, she had, or the Thanksgiving sale. She has one every year, and I think she had a pair of well-started, I believe there were three. The male was two and a half inches. The female was three inches. So well-started, young adult, T. alba pelosis. And I, it was a great deal, and I'm like, this is perfect. I can have one to finally have some footage to put in my video. Because that was the other thing. I was writing an article, I was doing a video, and I had no footage on. So it was that was my main motivation for picking this species up. And I remember getting it for the first time, and I opened them up. And part of the problem is I'm going to call myself out, and you're going to see a couple of the ones that pop up on this list. The reason why I didn't like fall in love with them immediately is because I do like raising things up from slings. So sometimes when I pick something up as an adult... I just don't form the same immediate attachment with it. A lot of times when you get them as slings, they're so cute. You're feeding them. You watch them grow. That's part of the fun of it. And part of your love for that species is watching it grow up. And I think that was part of the problem with these guys. So it wasn't until now I didn't, to make it very clear, it wasn't that I disliked the spider. I loved, I liked the spider a lot. It just wasn't one that I got super excited about. I mean, she she was fuzzy. She was cute. My kids loved her. They loved coming out and seeing her because she was so laid back. But just not one that I got super excited about. But it wasn't until later on where I picked up a T. albopelosis Nicaraguan sling and started growing that one up. I felt more ownership of it, and I liked it. And that kind of made me, if it makes sense, like the other one more. Suddenly, I'm like, okay. I get it now. I get why people are so into these. I love watching it. It grew a little more quickly than my other uh, Brachypelma or Tlitlocatl species. It, like, watching it get, it's not so much as adult colors, but get those little fuzzy hairs in was amazing. Very much enjoyed growing that one up, and it kind of roped me into looking at the species in a new light. So now I love my girl, the one that I originally got from Jamie's, just molted recently. It's weird because for the first time in a long time, she actually burrowed again. She dug some dirt up, got under her cork bark hide, and he kind of filled in around it. So she has a little, ba- it's almost a backwards burrow because the entrance that faces out to the enclosure, she covered up completely, webbed up and covered up with dirt. And her actual entrance is in the back corner, which I haven't had a lot of spiders do that before. But I love her. I love why I love feeding her. She's cute. She's laid back. I think I'd mentioned a long time ago that in another video that if there was a spider, if I was the type of person to handle, and that was my thing, this would have been one of the ones I would have had no problem handling at that time. Now she's a little more high strung. Again, that's the fun part about tarantulas. One minute they're super tame and laid back and tractable. The next minute they molt and they're a little crazy. She's a little crazier now, but I like the species. So 
T. albopolosis. They're amazing spiders. They are great beginners. Having raised one up, again, gave me a new appreciation of it. I definitely recommend them for beginners, and I recommend them for anybody. They're awesome little spiders. I think the curly hairs really grew on me because it does make them stand out from the other spiders out there. There's nothing quite like that. They have those little bad hair days, especially the Nicaragua ones seem to have the extra ridiculously curly hair, which makes them adorable. So T. albopelosis would be the first one that I would mention is one that was a little lukewarm on. I, I wasn't interested in really at all. And I picked them up to do the video. was like, oh, these are cute, but nah, not really my cup of tea, but I'm going to hold on. I don't get rid of anything I have. But as time went on and I raised one up as a sling, I definitely appreciate now why people love these. And it's definitely a spider that I would always have in my collection. That's the best. I think that's how I'm going to end all of these probably as confirmation that yes, although I didn't like them at first, yes, they're always going to be something I have in my collection. I think every one of these, I will always have one, at least one in my collection. So the second one we're going to talk about today is more a genus of tarantulas. It's one that is incredibly popular. People absolutely love them and one that I was initially drawn to early on, but then I think I found another similar genus of tarantula that kind of made me turn a blind eye to picking up any more for quite some time. So I'm talking about Pamphibedius, and I can hear, see people cringing already. And again, I, we're throwing this out there just so I can explain and explain how I kind of turned around on. Now, when I first got big into the hobby, I was very much into the bigger is better. I wanted the big spiders. That was what I was coming from being arachnophobic. The thought of having a spider that could get eight, nine, some cases, 10 inches just was amazing. So I basically... Once I got my sea legs, started keeping more and more difficult stuff, I really started scouting out some of the larger tropical species. And Pamphibedius were everywhere. Everyone loved them. They look gorgeous. Now, here's the part that kind of threw me off at first. Folks would post these pictures of these amazing giant purple and bluish and pink spiders. And I was like, man, I can't imagine having an eight, nine inch spider that's that size. And at first, I didn't realize that that's the males. So when I started seeing pictures of the females, like, oh, okay, well, the females are still beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against brown or black spiders. It's just they weren't as vibrant as the males. And then, of course, back then, and it's, I think they've come down quite a bit over the years, but back then, the price tags on many of the species of Pamphibedius that were out there was through the roof. They were just so darn expensive. So it's like you'd see ones out there and be like, oh, I'll get one of these slings and the slings were 150 bucks. It's like, nope, no thank you. So what happened is, just to explain my history of Pamphibias, the first one I ever picked up was a sex female. I believe she was about three and a half inches. I got her from Anastasia at Netbug. It was a sexed female that was selling, I want to say for like 120 bucks, which was a great deal when you looked at some of the other stuff, what the slings were going for out there. And at that point, I was kind of... At the point in the hobby where I didn't quite have the patience to grow up some of these things, which was stupid, especially with the pantho. But that's just where my mindset was. So I'm like, this is great. I'll start right off with a big spider right off the bat. And I picked it up, immediately liked her, immediately liked her, thought it was the coolest thing. It was one that at one point it was like the second biggest spider in my collection because I only had the queen and maybe a couple other smaller adults. So it was a big spider. I was impressed with her. At the time, she was brown. She did some molding game black. Really liked the spider. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't one I was like, eh, really liked the spider. But where a lot of folks go out and go, oh, I need more Pamphibedius, I was like, eh, we'll see what else is out there. And then I saw, it was a few years later, um, someone was offering Pamphibedius species Duran slings. And again, they showed a picture of this 
vivid, vibrant, like pink fuchsia. It was obviously a male. I didn't realize that at the time. And I'm like, I need to have this spider. I love the color pink. I love the color purple. I love purples on a spider. It's just amazing. So I picked up two and those I really enjoyed growing up. And this is where things get a little interesting because I, at the time I liked them. I was definitely like, I need to get more panfos. I need to get more panfos. They're growing up. They both went through the, I had a male and a female, male and a female both went through stages where they had those pinks. The male matured out to date, probably the most beautiful spider I've ever seen in person. Just again, I like pinks and purples and this guy had it in spades, vibrant, amazing looking animal. I remember first time that I saw it molt and mature, I was like, oh my, I called Billy over. She like gasped. It was unbelievable. And then the female went through like another molt, kept some of the pinks. And now she's, she went through a stage where she was darker or, or browner with like stripes, almost looked kind of like a uh, formictopus species. And then recently she's molted again. She's much darker, a dark, deep chocolate brown, a little more fuzzy than most panthos. And I love her. But what happened was right around that time where I'm like, man, I'm going to be getting into Pamphibedia species, I bought a Formictibus Concerity Sling. And then I bought another Formictibus Concerity Sling. And I watched these guys grow. I watched them eat. I watched them take things down in barrel roll. I watched them go from an inch to five, five and a half inches in a little over a year. And again, panthos grow fast too. These guys just seemed to at least that first five inches run laps around the panfo growth. And the good part was nobody was buying Formictibus species at the time. So we were getting a lot of these ones coming out like Formictibus caudus violet, which we now call the Formictibus dominican purple, species dominican purple. Those came out. They were only like 60 bucks for a sling. And at the same time, Pamphibedia species, your cheapest Pamphibedia species was 60 bucks for a sling. A lot of them were like 110, 120, 150. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get some of these. And I bought more and more and more species. The purples came out, which didn't end up being purples. They just ended up being different concerities. But you get the picture. They were available, they were inexpensive, they grew quickly, and the kicker was, as adults, the females kept the crazy colors. So if you had a one a species that you saw, it looked like it was gold, like the erratus, golden browns, then you'd get a mature female, guess what, golden bronze. The purples, or the Dominican, I still like to call them Dominican violet, because it was called as violet, that's the origin of why I like to call them that, but Dominican purples. My Lord, are they gorgeous. And right now I have two females that are like, I don't know, nine years old, eight years old. I don't know. They're quite old. They're about eight and a half inches and they're still purple. So unlike the Pamphibedia species, these guys keep the colors. So what happened during this period is I realized I can only at this point probably commit to collecting one of these genera of tarantulas, these big, fast growing, tropical, gorgeous spiders. And Formictibus won out. So for a while, I completely ignored Pamphibedias. It wasn't that I didn't think they were good looking. It's just in my mind, and Pamphibedias people, please don't kill me. I don't feel this way anymore. I get it now. But in my mind, Formictibus had everything that Pamphos had, but better. Slightly faster growth rate. They had a. They kept their colors as females, kept their adult colors, those beautiful colors, and they were less expensive. So I went full in on Formictopus and for quite some time ignored Pamphibedia species. And much to my detriment because they're amazing spiders. And this isn't just me trying to cover my butt now. I have come back and started buying. I obviously bought the 
pair of Pamphibedia species chicken spiders, which I immediately became enamored with. I had seen some on an old YouTuber. He actually doesn't do it anymore, but Mark's tarantulas had I, uh, one, I think, one or two. He'd grown up from slings, and I was so jealous of him. And somebody, I believe it was Jamie's again, I did a trade for slings for those and was immediately enamored with them. But again, was still, when it came down to it for me, it's and there's going to be pamphlet people. There's going to be formictibus people. That's okay. It's like I live obviously on the East Coast, and anybody that follows baseball, Yankees, Red Sox back in the day was the big rivalry. It's kind of like that. But I think we both can appreciate spiders on both sides, and I can. Now that I have a larger collection, I've tried to keep up with all of the formictibus species I can find. Now formictibus has become kind of like pamphlets were because they're in demand. So people are pulling all these strange new ones out and selling them and they're going for exorbitant amounts of money. So now they no longer have that thing where they're like a best kept secret and they're fairly cheap. People are charging an arm and a leg for them. So the appeal there is it's kind of evened up as far as price is concerned. In fact, I think pamphlobedias are usually a lot less expensive now than some of the Formictibus species, which is awesome. So I am going back and starting to pick up more Pamphos. I recently picked up my Pamphobedius species mascara and was immediately reminded of how cool they are as slings, how beautiful they are. And it's fun watching them grow up with those little colorful slings with the Christmas tree patterns on their butt to the big, beautiful adults and one of the bonuses, it's one of the few spiders that if you get a male, you're okay with it because they're stunning. So Pamphobedius was, that's a genus that I ignored for some time. I just spent the, most of the time collecting Formictopus species. It wasn't that I didn't like them. I just thought that Formictopus had everything they had and more. Now I realize they're just different spiders. And now that the prices have come down and I've looked at some of the people posting pictures of their Pamphos, they are gorgeous, giant spiders, like just amazing animals. So Panvo, one of the ones, please don't get mad, Panvo people. I do recognize them as being amazing now, but that hopefully that explains where my mindset was on them and why I avoided them for so long. And the reason why I felt like I had to mention Pamphobedius is because every time I would post for Mictopus videos, somebody would go, you need to do more Pamphobedius. Or somebody would go, how many Pamphobedius you got? You need to get more Pamphobedius species. And it's because they're so darn popular. And it's hard when people say that because there's no polite way to go, I'm just not interested in them right now. It's like, oh yeah, maybe I'll pick more up in the future. Uh, it's just, they're not in the cards right now, or at that time, but now I'm starting to come around back to them. I would like to start picking up more. I think they're amazing spiders. Again, love the ones I had. I just wasn't expanding beyond that for quite some time. So speaking of trying to find ways to explain why you don't keep a certain genus of tarantulas, this one here, I've probably received more questions on this. It's a genus more questions from people going, why don't you have more than these? I just went through all your videos and you don't seem to keep many of these. Why aren't there more of these in your collection? What is going on? Do you not like them? And I always try to artfully dodge the question because it's not that I don't like them. There's just, well, I'll explain in a moment. But anyway, when I first got into the hobby, as I explained before, I was very, we did the new world species, new world species at first, trying to keep it, you know, beginner friendly. Then I branched out and started grabbing some old world species, got kind of into fossorials. But the one type of tarantula I wasn't particularly into was arboreals. It just, at first, they just didn't entice me. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But I would read like the descriptions when I was shopping and doing my homework and doing my research. And I'd see a species like, oh, that looks beautiful. And they would say arboreal. But nope, never mind. I just didn't, wasn't really into the arboreals. And that wasn't until I started like getting obsessed with Peace Letharia. 
Etheria. And so I eventually got into Peaceful Etheria, which again, I've said many times for me, as far as tarantulas are concerned, Peaceful Etheria are almost like a, a league of their own. I absolutely adore them. They're just so regal, amazing. I didn't even think in my mind that they were obviously arboreal species, but I got several of those. And then I moved on and I got my first Salmopius or Salmopius species, my Salmopius cambridgei, which I immediately fell for. I love fast growing tarantulas and that was a fast growing one. Started picking up more of those. And I did early on pick up one that used to be part of this genus of tarantulas, but then they changed it. And I'm talking about, let's see if people have figured out what I'm talking about, which genus of tarantulas I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Caribbean Versicolor. That was one I was interested in from day one. The colors just look fake and Photoshop. I was dying to get one. So that was one of the first slings I ever got. So right off the bat, picked up that one, but that was about it. So if you're paying attention, you've probably realized I'm talking about Avicularia species. I, for years, was not that into Avicularia species. It started off, again, because of the fact that I wasn't very into Arboreals. Then when I got into Arboreals, I liked the the Peace Letharia. I liked the Salmopia species. I like the ones that grow a little, they grow fast, they got a little attitude. It just, I went full bore into trying to grab every species of both of those genera that I could. And unfortunately, that meant, you know, you only have so much room. That meant not hunting down Avicularia species. So for a long time, I had my Avicularia back in the day it was the Metallica. Now I believe it's Morph 6 Metallica or whatever, Avicularia Metallica. And I like, I love my girl a lot. I, it was a cool spider, a beautiful spider. She's one that I'd catch. I'd get really nice pictures of her. And, but it wasn't one of the spiders that went, you know what? I love this one so much. I want to go out and grab a bunch more. But then I did get down the road. I picked up what was being sold at the time as the Avicularia gerensis. And it's now Avicularia rufa, I believe, the gold banded one. And I did love that spider. That was the first Avicularia that was like, all right, I adore this spider. I don't know. There was something about it. It was growing great. I love the coloration of it. Just a cool looking spider. And unfortunately, I got a mature male. That one passed away. I did do Avicularia. Oh, gosh, I should have taken notes on this. Amazonica. It was one of the ones that's basically been reduced to a morph. And once again, got a mature male. And I was like, do I want to get another one or do I want to? want to get this new species of Salmopius that's out or somebody just picked up uh, a bunch of Pisolotheria species and they got a couple I don't have so what would end up happening it wasn't that I didn't like Avicularia it was just that I like those other ones more and I'd already established a collection of them I think that's a big thing as far as my buying habits where I might get one of a genus if I really like it I start buying a couple more of the genus and then I start trying to get them all it's like if you get a few of them you might as well get them all and that's definitely what happened with peace Letharia and what happened with Salmopius and unfortunately it kind of kept me from going out and seeking Avicularia species so do I like Avicularia species that people ask me point blank before yes I do I absolutely yeah I've seen just the other night I was shopping and I saw a picture of Avicularia oh god I can't think of the species it was Avicularia species I saw the picture it's like man what is that it was Avicularia and I was like, that is a gorgeous spider. So yes, I do appreciate and like Avicularia species. It's just come down to the fact that I have two other arboreals. I only have so much room and I got to always keep my in mind the adult enclosures. And although I love having my arboreal, I look back over here behind me, I had my arboreal row where they're all in eight by eight by 12 enclosures around me. I love having all the Salmopius, all the Pisolotheria, I just at this point don't have the room to pick up another genus of tarantulas. So 
Do I think they're great spiders? Absolutely. They're gorgeous. They're amazing. There's a lot of diversity in their appearances, the size, just great spiders. It's just that unfortunately, I've got other ones that I I can't even say I really like more. It's just what I've committed to because I haven't kept enough avicularia to really make that decision. Maybe if down the road when some of, you know, eventually my, and this is one of my game plans as far as the ones, the species that I collect, when some of them start passing away from old age, A, some of the ones I got are going to be very difficult to get a hold of again, so I don't think I'll be able to replace them. That might be the time when some of my somopias start passing away to start replacing them with another genus. So that would allow me to kind of go into probably avicularia. So we'll see as time goes on. I have been eyeing them more recently. For a while, it just, I didn't, I saw avicularia. I just kind of turned away from it. Just like, I'm not interested right now. But I have been noticing ones. I'm like, I'd really love to try to uh, to grow that one up. I know a lot of folks want me to do it because they want me to do the husbandry for them. That's Those are species of tarantulas that people sometimes struggle with. And they want to be able to go over to my videos or hear a podcast or go over to the website and go, hey, Tom Ray's, I don't know, Vicularia purpurea. And this is how he did it. And they want that reassurance that they can look at my husbandry information and follow that and raise a healthy spider. And I get it. And that's why sometimes I buy things. People ask me enough. I do go out and I'll pick something up that may not have been top on my wish list, but a lot of people want the information on it. So I'll do that. And that's part of the fun of doing Tom's Big Spiders. I don't regret it. It's not like, eh, I don't really want this one. It's like, all right, you know what? Not top of my list, but I'll get to raise a new spider that I don't have any experience with and I'll help some people out. So down the road, will I eventually get into more avicularia species? Yes, you have my promise on that. As soon as things start, you know, even now, I hate to say it, with Pisolotheria, they're getting more and more difficult for me to obtain certain species. I got to find somebody in my state to give me certain ones. And as those start getting getting older, I have one here that's 11, one that's, you know, pushing 10. They're getting older. They're going to pass on. That would be a point to go, all right, these are difficult to get a hold of. Maybe I'll switch over to a different arboreal genus of tarantulas. So avicularia, yes, there is a glaring hole in my husbandry for avicularia. I apologize for it, but it's not that I don't like them. It's just, again, got into other genera of arboreal species, spent my money, time, and space on those. So as time goes on, we'll definitely remedy that, pick up some more avicularia because I know I'm going to still take a beating on it. And I know after this, people are going to be showing me pictures of their avicularia. Like, how do you not like this? It's not that I don't like it. It's just, there's only so much space. I can only concentrate on so much. So I will make that the next, there's been a couple new genera I've started picking up over the past few years. That will be one that I look at doing in the future. Oh, and, and before I forget, I do currently have two female avicularia, avicularia morph sixes, the metallicas, which I adore. I love the looks of those when you get good pictures of them. So I do have an avicularia species right now. It just happens to be the most standard one in the hobby. So I do want to throw that out there. I do have one right now, well, two, two females. But yeah, we'll definitely do more with avicularia as time goes on. All right, so now on to the last species. I'll be It's one species of tarantula that I'll be talking about. And this is the one that I alluded to many times in many different videos and told folks I would never reveal which species it is. And I figured, ah, what the heck? Let's go through it, but let me explain myself. And I actually love my female right now. It's one of my favorite spiders. So it has definitely changed. And it's taken a long time, though. So just to go back to the history of my keeping, go back in time a little bit. When I first got into the hobby, as I mentioned before, bigger was better. I wanted to eventually keep the largest spiders you could get. The idea for me was if a 6-inch spider is cool, what's even cooler? An 8-inch spider, a 9-inch spider, a 10-inch spider. 
Supposedly the ones out there that got to be as big as a dinner plate, 10 to 11 inches. I wanted to eventually keep those. And of course, when you do that kind of research, you look at what's the biggest tarantula species out there, you're going to get Theraphosa blondi or Sturmi. And I really, really, really wanted to keep a Sturmi at the time. I read Blondie. This was back when Blondie people were struggling to keep them alive. I think a lot of them were coming in wild caught. I think people were making too stuffy enclosures. A lot of things that were leading to these this species being earning a reputation for being very difficult to keep and keep alive. Sturmy, it wasn't that much better at that point. Sturmy were known to be a little more forgiving, but still you'd read these huge things where you had to have, you know, make sure the moisture level didn't drop below 90% humidity. You had to feed them constantly or they died. You couldn't feed them. It was all this stuff around them. I'm like, all right, these are obviously out of my league. They also said that the hairs were really bad and they could be high strung. So the thought of having a 10-inch high strung spider when I was still arachnophobic, just getting into the hobby, did not appeal to me much at that point. However, there was another species of tarantula that when people would start talking about Theraphosa species, they would always come in with, but you could get this one that's much more laid back and much more tractable and gets just as big and grows just as quickly. And when I did some more research, I found out it didn't have the moisture requirements that Theraphosa species did. Yes, it was stuff out there that said they like to be kept moist as slings, moist as juveniles. Some folks would keep the adults dry with a water dish. Some folks would give them a, a moist spot, moist corner. But overall, they weren't what you would call a moisture-dependent species. So right away, that made them look like that's something I can handle. And supposedly the growth rate was really good. So even if I started off with a teeny tiny sling, I was going to have like a five inch monster spider within a year or so. So it became, it went right to the top of my list of my, the first slings I wanted to keep. And in fact, it was the first sling I ever purchased. These things were so readily available and so inexpensive. They were one of those species that you'd spend 50 bucks and they'd give you a free one because they were so readily available. I think I got a sling for like $15. I'm like, this is great, 15 bucks. And a year down the road, I'm going to have this giant spider. Has anybody figured out which species I'm talking about? Everybody's favorite, Laziodora, Laziodora para, Hibana, the salmon bird eater. This species was one I could not wait to get. Obviously, it was the first sling I ever bought. Pick one up got a little brown sling and put it in its little AMAC box and I would feed it and it would disappear and it would molt after a month or so, come back out, feed it. It was great. It started early on and it was the first one that gave me, first spider that I got that burrowed, disappeared and made me freak out. Everybody's been there. I've been there as well. You've read about it a million times. Hey, slings burrow when they're done eating and they're ready to molt. They'll cover themselves up. It freaked me out to the point I almost dug it up, but luckily I went on the message board, I think it was on a rack of boards, checking stuff like, is this okay? And everybody's saying it's okay. And it molted the first time and it came out and there was this little teeny brown spider. I'm like, this is amazing. And I was so excited to have this spider. And then what happened was, unfortunately, um, it seems like people either get really fast growing ones or rather slow growing ones. Now, at the time, I will say, looking back at this, A, my temperatures weren't as warm as they are now. This was back before there was any heat in the tarantula room. I did pick it up in the fall. Wintertime, it was cooler in that room, probably 60s. So it wasn't getting... It didn't have the metabolism a spider would have that was kept, at, I don't know, 70 or even higher. The other thing was I was feeding, I was buying red runner nymphs to feed my smaller slings. And nowadays I would feed something much larger. So I would drop in one little red runner nymph, it would grab it, eat, and then I'd wait a few days and drop another one in. The meals were very small. So I think that was part of it as well. But anyway, I was enamored with them at first, loved them. But then as time went on, it got a little bigger. It was like two inches. I think it was my first rehousing, I think, was my Lazidor Parahibana. 
and I put it in its new thing. I think I had a Ziploc type little enclosure with like the deli cup size ones, the little screw on blue tops. Was all excited. It was eating well. It was growing. Eh, okay. And then I picked up my first Formictopus species, and you can probably guess where this is going. I picked up a, a little. A little blue sling, picked up another one afterwards, probably about an inch or so at the time. So it was right around the same size of my Lazidora parahybana. And then something happened. As luck would have it, both of them right around the same size molted at the same time. And my Lazidora parahybana was about two inches at the time, around two inches, so maybe a little bit larger. And it molted and it was like two and a quarter inches. So it put on a little, a little bit of size. You could definitely see it was a little bit bigger. My Formictibus cancerides, on the other hand, molted, and it looked like it went from being a sling to a full-grown tarantula. It was like the biggest, if anybody who's kept Formictibus species knows, there's that one molt in particular where they put on massive size. I remember looking in one day, seeing the little, like, swollen, bluish-black tarantula getting ready to pop. Next day, I look in, there's a fuzzy tarantula. It was mind-blowing. So, at that point, two things happened. Number one, my love of Formictopus, the genus Formictopus, began. I was could not believe how much size it put on. I remember writing an article almost right afterwards for my website talking about how amazed I was. And then my enthusiasm for Lazidora parahybana kind of plummeted. After that, it's like the spider that I picked up to be the big birth of my collection, the one that I was going to be showing off people that come to my house, check out this 10-inch monster, was taking its sweet time growing. So... At that point, I kind of got bored. I hate to say, I didn't dislike the spider. Let me make that very clear. It was my first sling, and that was a good thing because there was an emotional attachment to it. This was the first sling I ever purchased. It gave me a heck of a time with the burrowing. I still reference that. But as far as my excitement for watching it grow up, that kind of dissipated a great deal. And then as I picked up more and more Formictibus species, that one became less and less one of my favorites in my collection. It became more like, oh, yeah, my Lazio Parabana, let's check on her. Oh, yep, she's a whopping four inches now. They were just, the Formictibus were running laps on her. I even picked up slings afterwards of Formictibus species that were smaller than her. So I picked up, for example, a couple that were like three quarters of an inch. And within six months, they had caught up and been bigger than her. So... I did not dislike the species of spider, but it definitely tumbled a bit as far as one that I could not wait to grow up. And as I did more research on them, I found out that although everybody at this time was talking about this is why I try to be really realistic about the max sizes of the spiders. Everybody talked about how the females 10 inches, 11 inches even. Some of them, some people even said 12 inches. They're going to be as big as a Theraphosa species. Well, do some get that large? Yes, there are ones out there that hit that 10 inch mark. Not all of them do. Not many of them do. And it can take a while. You're talking about an old, old spider at that point, And that didn't come across. So for a while, they were super available. Everyone was picking them up. I always was had no problem when I did rehousing, doing husbandry notes on these guys because I know people love them. And I do think they're a great first sling to start with. I do think they're a really good first spider for people. If, if people there are aware they're going to get big eventually. I didn't hate them. It was just they didn't really excite me. And then the funny part was right around the time where I was getting in the formictibus and everything, Billy ended up picking me up a sexed, a three inch sexed female. And I remember at the time she was like, I heard you complain that this one isn't growing. So I thought maybe you'd like this one, which was great. I wouldn't have bought a three inch. I wouldn't have bought a sex female at that point. I would have just grown this one up, which I, it turned out to be a female, but this female I got, 
I remember getting it, and it was already showing some of its adult colors. I'm like, man, these are stunning. That black undertone, you know, the coloration underneath, and then those salmon-colored hairs on the legs and the body, just beautiful spiders. So that kind of rekindled it a bit. And I'm like, all right, I kind of like this. Now that girl grew like a weed. Like, I think we picked her up. She was, I want to say she was three inches, maybe a little bit larger. She is now one of the biggest spiders in my collection. Her last molt was, I believe, right around eight and a half inches or so, eight and a quarter inches. So she's probably pushing nine inches. I'm looking at her sitting over there. Beautiful spider. Very laid back. Very, very large. She is a big girl. Like I said, the only ones that are bigger than her right now are the two Therophosa blondi. So as years went on, this girl brought me back to Team Laziodora Parahibana. I now love the spiders again. I for I know for years, if you ever listen to a podcast or a video where I talk about a certain species of spider that I'm not really into, that people love, that's the one I was talking about, but that has definitely changed. At one point, I think I had four of these. I ended up with two, one mature male, one I gave away a female, and then I have the two, the original one that I purchased years ago that she's a big beautiful female now too absolutely love her I have the big one over here I have my lazy adora uh Itabune, who that I absolutely adore I've always loved that spider and that's one I've loved since day one so it's not like I didn't like lazy adoras it was just the lazy adora parahibiana was everywhere and the other thing is when I did get into finally theraphosa species I would have folks come on and go, yeah, those bore me. I love my Lazydor Parahibana, though. That one's a great spider. And I'm like, what? Because in my mind at that time, these guys had it all over the Lazydor species just because they grew so quickly. So people would come on and say that. And I'm like, you've obviously not raised a Therophosa species before because they are amazingly fast growers. Now, what also came out during this period is that, yes, there seemed to be, and I alluded to this in the beginning, there are some of us that seem to have very, very slow growing specimens. And there are other folks that have ones that tear. I remember somebody told me they're mature, they had a mature male in two years' time from a sling. That's insane. If, if I compare it to my experiences, but even my mature male took several years to mature out. So I think that's part of it too. So I was judging it on my own. This is why you need to hear from other keepers. I was judging it on my own personal experience. I'm like, all right, people lied. These are slow growing. No, mine were slow growing. And again, for the aforementioned issues we mentioned, the lower temps, the smaller feeding earlier on, I think that a lot of other folks have better luck with them. They're awesome spiders. They are a great alternative to Theraphosa species. That I will 100% concede, and I point a lot of people in their directions and have over the years. The ones that are like, I really want to keep a really giant one, but I don't think I'm ready for Theraphosa. I'm like, check out the LPs. They're amazing spiders. Heads up, some grow quickly, some don't, but in the end, you're going to have a big, beautiful spider. So that's the one I've alluded to many times over the years, but it doesn't... It it's not true anymore. I love Lazardora Paraibana. The last video, I did a video several years back where we rehoused my female and everything I said in the video is true. I, I adore that female. I'm staring at her now, looking great. So that would be the last species on my list of ones that, and again, it's not, I hate to say overrated. I don't want to use overrated because overrated to me means they don't deserve the praise they get. And if there's that many people that love them and praise them, obviously there's something about them that entices the crowds out there that people like them. So saying overrated doesn't really work for me. I just think in some cases, when you pick up a spider, it didn't live up to expectations. That's what it is that I will put. We always try to put the blame, so to speak on the keeper. We put the responsibility on the keeper. I'm going to put it on the keeper and say, these are the tarantulas that just didn't live up to my expectations or just didn't excite me or we'll even go with in some instances they were cool but you just found another similar genus or similar species 
that you liked more. So that's that's my list. We got T. albopilosis. We got L. parahybana. We got the genus Avicularia, genus Pamphibedias. Please don't kill me. I love them all now. I have at least, just to back this up, I have one of each, in, at least one of each in my collection right now. Obviously, T. albopilosis. I think I have two. I have a mature male Nicaraguan. I have my female. I have an Avicularia. I have five Pamphibedias, six Pamphibedias right now. And the El Parahibana, I have two of them. So I have in my collection. I like them. Don't judge me. Don't get too upset. But I would like to hear from other folks. And I want to keep this civil. I want to keep it fun. That's why we're going to just talk about species that either, A, ones that you've never tried because they just didn't seem like they were going to be appealing to you. And I'm sure I'll get some people telling me spiders that I've promoted and they're like, Hey Tom, you know what? I know you talk about these all the time, but meh, I totally get it. Or ones that you picked up that just failed to live up to your expectations. And that, again, that's not a negative thing. That's just saying, Hey, I thought I was getting this and it wasn't quite what I, I thought I was getting. That's totally fine. But I would love to hear other folks chime in. I'd love to hear other folks yell at me for the ones that I have on my list. Although I hope you understand this was a tough one to make because I don't ever like when you're out there putting out these videos for people, I like sounding, I like being impartial. Like, all right, this is it. I love them. I, I, I do love them all. And I want folks to always understand and recognize that although their favorite species may not be mine, I love all tarantulas. I truly mean that. I've never had a spider in my collection that I've looked at and went, ugh, wish I didn't buy that. Never. Even if we get the ones that are one and dones, the ones I've talked about that before, where you pick one up, you raise it up, it passes away, they get a mature male or your female dies, and you go, you know what, I'm not going to pick one of those up again. I still enjoyed keeping them, got a lot out of them, probably made a few videos, probably talked about them in a podcast, hopefully helped a lot of people out keeping them. It's always worth it for me. So there's nothing in my collection that I don't like. But in the past, there have been ones that I've been kind of like, not my favorites. So what are yours? What are the species? I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm assuming this is probably going to get controversial only and there's going to be people out there talking about ones that everybody loves. I know one of my videos recently I posted, I think it was on the Pisotheria metallica and somebody went on and goes, you know what? I just got to say it. I really don't see what the, all the hoopla is about these. And I thought that was funny and cool because... Again, a lot of people love them. Not my favorite piece of Letharia species, maybe, so I get it. But then my question is always, which ones do you like? Or is there a species out there that you feel isn't getting the respect it should that you love? Let's hear from you. So that will do it for this one. And again, hope you guys have fun with coming up. You know, I'd love to hear your lists, and I'd love to hear if there's changes. Also, moving ahead, summer is coming up. I've only got about a week and a half left of school, and it's usually during the summer where I try to bank up some podcasts. What If you guys have anything you'd like me to cover, obviously, we've been doing this for almost six years, and a lot of times it comes down to like I'll be in the room or somebody will shoot me an email, and I'm like, this will make for a good topic, but there are times, I'm not going to lie, I come up here and be like, all right, I've talked about tarantulas for hundreds of hours. What am I going to talk about that's going to be informative, that's going to be important, that's going to be entertaining, and sometimes I struggle a bit with new ones, so let me know what you would like to hear me talk about in future ones. Is there a topic you'd like me to revisit? Is there a topic I haven't covered before? I will be happy to put it on the list because I will be putting, I've already got a list here, 
I sat down the other day, kind of came up with some topics I want to cover in the future, but I would love to get a nice big list together because sometimes what happens is people will hit me with something and it's not something I can talk about without doing some research or thinking about it or taking some notes. So if you give me something, and I've had folks before, like somebody contacted me recently about one that they had proposed like three years back and I just finally felt ready to do it. So please let me know if you have any topics you'd like to hear, shoot me an email, leave a comment, and we will definitely get on that. That will do it for this. Oh, uh, YouTube, if you want to head over to YouTube, YouTube. My last video featured the Nandu Tripepii, the Brazilian blonde. We rehoused one of the young adults, the giant juveniles, whatever, that I have. And was excited to get that one out there because I know I love my adult female, but I picked her up when she was a young adult. So I never felt like I could really talk about husbandry until I raised some of these guys up. Well, I've got five of them. They're all like four, four and a half inches or so. So it's time to start talking about the husbandry and what I've seen. So feel free to check that one out. Now, that will do it for this time. As always, stay safe. We'll catch you all next time.